Hi Didier, thank you so much for, for coming on, on this podcast. So I'm just going to give um, a bit of background about you. So you were born in uh, 1974 in Colombia and you moved to Belgium to study illustration. Um, you've, you're also known as Jabba and you've painted murals all around the world for more than 25 years. Um, you moved to Singapore um, to join a division of Lucasfilm and your work um, can be seen all over um, some of the streets of Singapore. Um, and um, personally, your work brings me so much joy. I've watched you develop and grow as an artist since, since we met and we went to Beijing in 2011. And mm. um, your, your current exhibition is just uh, blew me away. Um, really, uh, I just can't get over your skill, both, both, both painting massive murals, smaller pieces, and also in digital. So thank you for your time. Thanks, Tanya. Thanks for having me in your podcast. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'm very glad you, you invited me into this. Thank you. Um, well, thank you. But let's let's begin um, by by one of these your pieces on on the side of um, uh, Piedra Negra, um, a Mexican uh, restaurant in in um, in Haji Lane, part of Singapore. So this is um, really um, one of your signature pieces. Um, it's just amazing in its scale and level of detail. Can you tell us a bit about the, the inspiration and, and the process behind this? Okay, piece? For, for actually this mural was the, the the first like proper big mural, I guess, in Singapore, like covering all the the, the side of our shop house. And uh, so it's in the corner of Haji Lane and uh, and Beach Road, and it was commissioned by the by the owner of Piedra Negra, which is the same owner as uh, Blue Jazz, Eileen Tan. And she's the one really that that that, that went ahead and 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 risk uh, and gave me the the trust, you know, her trust to for me to to paint the mural. So the I, I, for this specific mural, I started first with the just a face in the in the bottom corner, right corner of this mural. And then I did the face, and then after that, she looked at the wall. She said, "Oh, Didier, I think you should do everything." And I say, sure, 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 let's do it. And then uh, we just did it and we didn't ask for any, uh, at that time, for any permission because she was uh, like afraid to be, uh, you know, turned down by a URA or, you know, like, because you're supposed to ask for like uh, authorization. But the problem is in, in, at, at that time, you know, there was none other like graffiti in a big scale. Or there was nothing they could reference to. And uh, nobody wanted to take any decision. So she was pretty smart. She said, okay, just, just let's do it. And if someone come and just, just send it to me, and I will try to figure out what, what to do. And I think it was the best thing to do because, because of this mural, the, the, the street like, opened slowly for other murals in other places, other spots, and become like a super touristy, touristic hotspot. That wall is like being photographed in front of like people driving the Ferrari or wedding pictures. Even the the, the prime minister taking selfies there, so it, it become really like a like, like a like a hotspot, you know. And I, and I really believe it, it was the, the the first one that brings the the, the vibe into the, the neighborhood into Haji Lane to to become like the the the, the hub for like a mural in Singapore. So that was the first one. So, Didier, how how long did this piece take? 
Oh, that one, uh, I think that one took maybe a week, something like that, the whole thing. But I, I and it was very difficult to paint actually because I remember uh, when we painted the, the, the whole facade, it was, uh, we built, I mean, I didn't build, but uh, I didn't build like a, a scaffold, you know, like those wooden scaffold, like, like in the movies, you know, very narrow. And the more you go up and down, so the, the, at the end, the scaffold was almost in the floor because of my weight and the weight of my assistant. So at that time, I have the luck to have like two friends of mine like traveling in Asia from Belgium. And so I'm, <laughs> they became my assistant naturally there and uh, helping me to paint this mural. And it was, uh, it was pretty intense, very, very hot because that, that wall is exposed to the sun the, the, almost the whole day. So... So yeah, I, w I would say between seven to ten days to to complete that one. So did you sketch it out beforehand? Did you know what it was going to look like? Yes, but it was really difficult to do. Like 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 I say, there was a like a, a scaffold, you know. So and the scaffold has a net behind. So even if you go down to see what you're doing, you cannot see uh, you can't see anything. Because it's covered by a by a like a like like a, this this protection thing like a like a sort of fabric with little dots anyway, so this thing doesn't allow, like a net. This thing doesn't allow you to to see it from from below. So everything we were doing between like every floor in the scaffold was like more or less guessing this should be okay. So if you look properly, all the proportions. For most of the characters, like in the high pass, are like all wrong, like all off. But I think it's okay because the the, the drawing itself is a, is a bit naive, and the style was actually uh, taken from uh, the traditional Mayan drawings, and and I chose this because it was a Mexican restaurant, Piedra Negra, so I wanted to continue this 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 like Mayan feeling, and and and, and I found a lot of uh, like. All drawings, you know, in the in, in books of uh, like uh, the way the Mayan draw, like the the icons, the characters, and it's never in color. It's always like just line work. So I just came and put my my own colors and 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 trying to look, make it look like a, like a consistent, I would say, or like logic. I don't know, like a, trying to look nice. So most mostly like green, reds, and and primary colors. And, uh, and and it ended up like this, but it, it, it was it was not really like a personal design except the first one I did on that wall on the bottom right. But the rest, it was really like trying to to follow the Mayan uh, drawings, traditional drawings from the Mayan culture. So did you you do all this with spray cans? Yes. All this level of detail you can achieve by by spraying. Yeah, yeah, but I, like like just now you say twenty five years doing this. It's been thirty years now, Tanya. So now I'm really like a, a like an uncle of graffiti. I started in nineteen ninety, and I was sixteen that time, and uh, I haven't stopped since. I haven't stopped a single year, and uh, you, uh, it's, it's the most addictive thing you can imagine when you start doing graffiti, especially when you do it in the street. It's, 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 it's amazing. It's really cool. What I find amazing about you is that you don't ever seem intimidated by any wall. You love big walls. So is that really, <laughs> you never, ever get intimidated? 
no, never. But actually, yes. Now, yes, because uh, like uh, last year or two, two years ago, I mean, a year and a half ago, I was uh, in, in Belgium and they asked me, oh, will you want to paint this building? It was like uh, 14 stories high. So it's like 40 plus meters, 45, I think, 45 or 50 meters high. I was, yeah, okay. And then, uh, so it was with a, with a huge boom lift that, that, you know, like, goes like slowly uh, to reach the top. And once you're like all over there, the wind makes you swing like from left to right and from front to back. And the only thing you can think is like, okay, I'm going to die at any moment now. Even if you're secure, if something happens, there's no way you can survive that high. And you see everybody's like little hands there. And you're thinking in your head, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? So I think when you go like 20 meters high, I think it's okay. But when you go beyond that, so that time was like 40 meters high, you don't feel good. Like, like every single day you go in the, in the boom lift, you feel like you're going to die. And uh, so it's not really... Uh, it's exciting just to say I did it, but I won't do it every day. No way. Because uh, you don't feel comfortable, actually. It was interesting because, like, uh, I did it almost for nothing, literally, like, uh, for not much money compared to the risk I, I took doing it. But I did it because the, that wall was facing the a park where all the, the refugees are, like, uh, camping and sleeping and eating and living it's, it's like, a, it looks like a concentration camp in miniature in Brussels. And it was like, it, it was uh, very special actually to see all that scene, everything happening from, from, from the top of my, uh, of my lift and, and see how, how, how hard uh, life can be for, for, for people who are just seeking a, a better life. So yeah, it was, it was a good experience. Wow, um, amazing. So, um, can you? So, we're going to talk about this, um, these beautiful parrots that you did in, in Medellin, which is um, in Colombia. Yes. Um, this is um, this is just wow. I mean, I can't count how many parrots there are. But what is the that what is the story behind this piece? Oh, the I was invited in 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 Medellin. Uh, Actually, I, I don't know if I was really invited. Anyway, I, I, uh, I, there was like a kind of open call to go to Medellin. And, and then I was like, oh, my God, I've never been to Medellin. I, I'm from Colombia, but I always go to Cali or to Bogota. But I never, when, never get the chance to go to Medellin. So I say, oh, I have to go. So I, I, I send like an a, a, a answer to the, the open call. And I got selected, and uh, and and somehow I, I I make my way to Medellin, and and I end up like paint, painting this specific mural. So I really I really want I really knew what I wanted to do for that case, and uh, and, and matter of fact, I did actually like a, that concept that is painted on the wall. I did it on on paper, uh, with a with a like kind of watercolor painting of the that the same drawing. Because I knew there was like a group exhibition with all the people, uh, all the artists invited. So I said, okay, I'm going to bring that piece of uh, like a drawing, like painted on paper, and then going to bring it for the exhibition. And it's going to be the same as the wall. And I'm sure I'm going to have like more chances to sell it, you know? And exactly how it happens, actually. So 
I managed to sell my uh, my drawing, and then I managed to pay my my flight with the with that drawing that I sold in Medellin, and and it, it was like uh, it was a very nice event. And and for me, it's always very special to be uh, to be able to paint in my country. So I always try to to do my best for sure. So are parrots significant to Colombia? Mm, no, it's not. It's I mean, it's it's like a very common bird actually. This this bird we call it papagayo, and we even have buses we call them papagayo. It's like a root bus called papagayo. It's, it's very it's a very common and very beautiful bird actually, and it's like is the more common one is the ara, which is like red and and white and green, but there's also the, more or less the same species with blue and yellow. So it's again like very uh, primary colors, like the, the colors of, of my flag is really like that yellow, blue, and red. And so uh, and, and and yeah, I really wanted to do to do something very, I mean, uh, very punchy actually. And uh, it was in a pretty okay neighborhood in Medellin, I would say, like a very popular neighborhood, which got uh, they got the uh, new like a tram line going to this street so it was really like oh it's a like a tram line or a, a subway or any transport in Colombia is always like something that very unique because it's like it kind of brings like modern modernism or development in a in a city so it's it's pretty well appreciated by people so and it's a lot of people traveling and seeing this painting so it, it was a very 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 good uh, opportunity for me to paint there and how do you achieve this this three D effect? Uh, I, I, like I said, I did it first on paper. So after that, for me, it, it was just matter to replicate whatever I was uh, I had on, on my concept. So usually, the the, the way I proceed is like uh, I I have my drawing on paper on my concept, and then I do a grid. So I divide every all my drawings with a with a squares. So the first thing when I do when I reach the wall, I do a grid on the wall, and then I start reporting the scale uh, square by square. It's like a puzzle, and then everything connect together, and then I just sketch everything. Then I start filling the colors, and at the end I do a, again an outline. And uh, yeah, that's it. And that one took me like three days to complete. On your own? Yes. Yes. It's beautiful. And this piece in um, in Dakar, Senegal. Yes, uh, I I choose that one because you 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 asked me to choose like five artworks and and honestly, it's so so hard for me because I have like thousands of, of of artworks all over the world, like literally like not only in graffiti, illustration, three D work, uh, painting. So I I I really like to to produce a lot. I, I'm constantly creating. I really enjoy it. And so I wanted to choose something that is, like, for me, more graffiti, more about lettering, and also painted illegally, like, without authorization. And this one happened to be in, a, in Dakar, in Senegal. So for that occasion, I was invited for an event, that, like, nothing to do with graffiti. I was, like, a, like a coach for, like, an event called, uh, like, Hackathon. So basically, it's like team from all over Africa, from different countries, and they have 48 hours to create like an app or a website, and uh, it's more like programming and you know stuff like that. 
and I was there just to give advice for like uh, in the for the graphic side, you know, for like uh, I don't know for the ch choice of colors or the composition. I don't know. But since I was there, I was like, oh my god, I'm in Dakar. I need to I need to paint. So I uh, I had a friend who who went to Dakar like a few years before me, and I say, hey, do you still have contacts in Dakar? So yeah, yeah, sure. So he gave me a contact of, of uh, a guy named uh, King Mo. And super nice guy. And then he introduced me to the rest of the graffiti writers in Dakar. And then we just went to paint. And that one was in the middle of the afternoon in a, in a, in a super busy highway in the middle of the city. Daytime and uh, nobody cares. Like, and it's so cool. And uh, so I, I, I really enjoy those kind of moments when like, you have like fully full freedom to do whatever you want. And usually you come up with good... Uh, because it has to be still painted very fast because you you know that at some point somebody is going to say something and but 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 you still have like a energy of the of the of the fact that it's not legal fully legal and in the middle of a big avenue and uh, and uh, and you feel the pressure because there's a lot of people around walking around and it's it's quite cool actually yeah what are people's reactions when they see when they see you doing working like this? Like, like for instance, I did this character like uh, with a huge helmet, and they were like pointing at it. Oh, this is uh, this is. They were like naming like a tribe or this kind because they, they they do a lot of sculpture with this kind of deities or old uh, like characters with hats and uh, ancient tribes, and they, for them it were like they, it looks exactly like. Like something I don't know, you know, but for them it was exactly this. Oh, this is this, this is this. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea what they're talking about, but they could relate with it. And for me, it was that was really cool. Actually, say, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. And 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 actually, when I'm doing it, I, I I try to 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 feel the vibe around me. So I, I I'm not surprised that it end up like doing something they can identify themselves. I don't know. It's so strange. Yeah. yeah. Um, amazing. So every city you go to, you feel that that need to want to leave your leave your mark yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's more like if I go to a city or a country and I don't get to paint, I feel like, what's the point? Like, what? Why did I came here if I don't get the chance to paint? It's like such such a waste. So I have painted maybe 45, 46 different countries. Uh, I did all continents, and uh, but mostly, or we'll say mostly Europe, uh, South and South America, and uh, Southeast Asia mostly now. Like I only painted once in Australia, and maybe a yes, a uh, few times in the US, but not much. And and uh, in Africa, only once. It was in Dakar, so I, I cannot say I, I painted all over the world because it's yeah, I painted in all continent, but not not the same. Uh, I would love to go back to, to Africa or to the Middle East or for places I haven't explored properly and, and give and do more paintings. So I would love that, of course. Amazing. So so this piece, Elio, where where is this? So that one is actually the same house that we just saw just now uh, at Piedra Negra. It's the same house, but it's the opposite wall, so facing Ophi Road. So the, the, the one we saw previously was... Uh, Haji Lane. So this one is actually Offy Road. So it's really at the corner of Offy Road and uh, Beach Road. And so it belongs also to Piedra Negra. And it was the same thing. 
uh, it was Eileen who told me, oh, can you paint this wall? Yeah, yeah, okay. And she gave me always like full, uh, full freedom. She, she, she has like, she really trusts, uh, she trusts me and it's really cool and, and it's really nice. Uh, and I, I feel very lucky to have this relationship with her, like uh, having someone that, that trusts full, that fully trusts me is, for an artist, nothing best than that. It's like, that's the top. It's nothing worse than uh, having like uh, someone asking you to do something and then they they want always to give the input. They keep changing mind. You keep like proposing things and they never happy because I don't know, we, they, they don't understand it's impossible to be in someone else's mind. It's just impossible. So for me, I, I really appreciate that uh, with her. So Didier, this is um, amazing and it's like, it's really 3D and there's looks like there's a face-off happening between the characters on the left and on the right and it looks yeah. like some futuristic city. It is a, city. It is is a face-off. It is a face-off. It's actually called El Leo, which, which means in English we can say the beef, for instance, when, you know, like two people beefing or, you know, like the confrontation, something like that. El Leo is something when it's like a, like something, uh, something's about to happen, you know, or like, or like a problem. So that was the story. It's like two groups of people like facing each other. And that's it. But it's not, I don't see it as violent, you know, I see like more like, a, like, you know, like when even if we're like different, like opinion or whatever, we should always confront because that's we, we, that's where we can learn from and, and not, uh, not thinking that you have the absolute truth, you know, like, and I think this composition is very well balanced. You have the same amount of people on the left, on the right. You have even uh, two cats like facing each other. So it's, it's not about, about race or about whatever. It's more about like different mindset can, can confront and, and have a, a discussion. They're not fighting actually. They're just facing. And, uh, I did at first for this mural, I did at first all the characters and the background was just like the, just the wall again. And, uh, and, and I, I did it that maybe 2017 or no, 2016. And maybe a year later or two years later, I came back and again, I didn't ask me, oh, you should do the background behind. And then I redo all the background around them. And I did this city with a like, futuristic city with trees and like, that, I mean, like, like a bit the naive way of I see our future, you know, with a, with a, like a decent mix between nature and uh, and uh, urbanism. So that was the 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 whole, the whole story around it. Um, it's really amazing. Can you can you point to a small detail or or something that maybe um, is is meaningful to you or or uh, something unusual? Like. Uh, for instance, there is a cat, a yellow cat, actually. It's, there. it's actually the same cat that you just hear before the interview, like, like screaming in, in my apartment. And uh, his name is Citron, which in French means lemon. He's, he's a yellow cat, actually. And uh, so it's exactly him repre represented on the wall. He has, like, the chopped ear, and he has also the little tattoo in the ear. So this kind of uh, details, so I really know it's him. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, amazing. So, how long did this all take? So, it was done in two parts. Yeah, I mean, I would say maybe the, the, the first time I did only the characters, maybe it took me a week. 
and uh, when I did all the background, which is much more detailed, and 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 he was doing, uh, I did it during the rainy season, so it took me like a month because during rainy season maybe you can work only like maybe two three hours per day, and then and sometimes you have also the the machine that got got like uh, stuck in the in the mud. So you have it's more challenging to paint when it rains a lot, and especially in Singapore, it really rains a lot when you paint outside. This always rain. So it took me maybe only maybe a month and a half to to paint. Got it. Um, so Powwow Rotterdam. Uh, so I ch I choose that one because for me I think it's maybe one of the best I did. Uh, like murals in the recent years. I mean, the, the way I did it, and especially the power, it's actually like a, um, like it's, you know, we'll say street art festival, like, like it's like the, it's like the benchmark of uh, street art uh, in worldwide. You know, they have like a, they have chapters in, it come from Hawaii, they have chapters in the US, they have like, a, this one was in Rotterdam, and it's a very well-organized uh, event and a lot of a uh, lot of coverage so it 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 it, it gave me like a, it was the first time that I was like a, again back in a big event because I used to do a lot of this kind of graffiti event last time when I was younger so in the in the 90s or in the early 2000s but since I came back to Singapore I never get I never get invited again I was not like really in the in the in the game you know like it's like a and especially now with the uh, internet, uh, Instagram, and all this. Last time, you were famous because you were published in magazine. That doesn't exist anymore. So all the work now, all the fame, is through Instagram. And I'm not. Uh, although I, I, I think I have a lot of followers. I have like 11k. Is uh, I never, I never like, uh, I never requested anyone. I never like, I never buy uh, followers. Like other artists can do, like uh, without any shame. For me, it's uh, it's, it's shameful, you know. Like uh, I, I I think it's, it's lame, but I never did, did that. So all the people that follow me is really through years and through 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 all my uh, my 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 parkour. I, I think it's uh, I I will try to be honest with with, with what I do, and uh, so being in the in the Power Festival was really like uh, I was it was really a good feeling to be. To be recognized, and and I think I did a good job. I did very fast, and uh, for that specific mural, I think I spent maybe four days, and uh, I had the help of a very good uh, graffiti writer from Singapore, which name is Song. He was with me uh, traveling in Europe, so he was traveling first of his on his own uh, in Berlin, Amsterdam, and then we we met up in Paris. Then we went to Spain. Then we ended up like going back to Rotterdam. So it was like a like a road trip with uh, with him. It was really nice, and uh, he's very skillful. And uh, he was it was a great help having him uh, to help me to do this mural too. Who are those four four characters represented? They're like uh, actually workers. For me, the, the idea when I did this illustration, I did this one was first like a digital illustration, and uh, and then I and actually for the Power Festival, I had like something else in mind to paint. And the day before uh, painting that, uh, what I had, what I had in mind to paint, I, 
my wife told me, yeah, I think maybe you should do this and showing me this drawing. I think it will suit better the neighborhood and all this. Maybe the, what you, maybe you wanted to paint this doesn't. And she was right. You know, it was like, okay, yeah, sure. And it, but it was 10 times more complicated, of course. And, uh, but the, the idea behind the, it's like a city with a characters, a bit, a bit like Angkor Wat, you know, with the, the Buddha like engraved in the, in the stone. So it was the same kind of idea, but having like a, like a, not God, but like common people represented also in, in a big buildings and having, they all, if you look closely, they all have helmets and actually they all have like construction helmets. So those guys are just like workers that have the, the, the face uh, huge in, the, in a building. That's it. Got it. Amazing. <laughs> So let's look at some of your um, digital pieces now. Um, so this is, um, what is the story behind this, um, this amazing city, cityscape? Uh, that one actually is because uh, like, uh, like one of my passions is to like, uh, I mean, when I travel, it's not only about like absolutely painting graffiti, but I'm, I'm, I'm really like obsessed with ancient art. So I've been uh, in all the, every time I go to a country, like if I go to Mexico, I have to see all the pyramids. If I go to Peru, I have to go to Machu Picchu or to the Nazca lines. And to, so if I go to Thailand, I have to go to Ayutthaya. If I go to India, I have to see all the, always see the temples, see the, the old constructions. And, and this, this specific one is actually, uh, it's like a futuristic uh, cityscape, but I, only use like old temples, like old Indian uh, Hindu or, or yes, mostly Hindu temples actually. And uh, I just mm, a bit change the scale, so I make it looks way bigger than, than what they really are. And I add little little uh, beam, I mean little lights, like kind of windows, like at night. So it, it just changed totally the scale. And and those buildings are so super ancient, so ancient. Once they have lights in and they have like a huge scale, they become like super futuristic. So that's what I had in mind. And I, th I think it turns out pretty okay. And it, for me, because I, when I see this, this construction, they're so complex, so, so the level of detail is so amazing. And I can only imagine those are like actually mi miniatures. Those temples that are in India are actually miniature of, of like another planet, real cities, you know? And that's that's how I see this. Um, <laughs> sounds sounds strange, but that's how I see those 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 constructions. And um, so finally, this piece, which is at your at your exhibition um, at the moment at Kulturi Gallery, um, I, I find it so interesting how you created a whole exhibition inspired by quantum computing. How mm -hmm. did that come about? Like. How did you leap from that to, to your exhibition? Uh, I think for me, a quantum com computer, like, like the, the, the name itself, quantum, is, is something really uh, so uh, abstract. You know, it's something like, okay, we know, we know the world, we, we hear the world, but like no one can really explain what is really uh, quantum physics or, or quantum computing is. I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's something that is, looks like fiction, but it's actually something very real. 
is something where governments are like really working hard to be the first one to to uh, to develop the best quantum computers. It's a battle right now between uh, China and the U.S. Uh, U.S. with uh, computers like Google, like uh, Sycamore is the name of the computer of Google. And other, like in China, they have other computers like photonic quantum computer that, that are like trillion times faster than the one from Google. So it's, it's, it's something really, for me, something really like, what the hell is all this? What What is all about the, this like, uh, this race for the, for the speed, for calculation, for computing? What's the final outcome? And I, 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 it's hard for me to see something positive out of it. Because I, I'm I'm from that generation that grew up with uh, with the first Terminator, you know, like uh, we we know that that the, the the rise of the machine is, you know, the drones and is something that is is embedded in us. Even if we, it's like something we are like we've been warned from very young age to be to be a bit, uh, you know, AI. You know what is AI? AI, AI is, uh, today is just Siri or Alexa. But no, no, no. Actually, AI is, is with this type of computer, with the ability of 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 calculation, AI is something that we are very, very, very close to. We might be even already at a level that is beyond our imagination, but we have no idea. So I think that, like, uh, for me, serious questions to 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 ask, and and the exhibition is just to. To, to to create a dialogue actually at the end of the day and, and this specific piece is is a is a bit of a, a satire of uh, what is happening in 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 international politics and 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 uh, it, it, it doesn't need to be taken seriously but I think it, it, for me it's very funny actually so so to so I have like on top of the image is the is the Google quantum computer. In, below it is like a, the puppet master. We, he has like a pharaoh, like a outfit and a pharaoh, like a crown. And, uh, and when you look closely and you look at the, he's actually a reptilian, you know. So and below the 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 the, the pharaoh, then you have the the pope and the queen, and uh, and then the then the big families, the Rothschild, the Rockefeller. So it's all it's like a like a compilation of all like uh, the best conspiracy theories that you can find on 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 internet in the in any like uh, yeah in in those like conspiracy website it's like it's like a it's like a it's like a good compilation with a so it's called the Brotherhood of the Snake actually that's the name of the that's the title of this piece and uh, it's a it's a piece with a lot of symbols, a lot of details, and, and actually a lot of research just to do that. And it took me forever because everything is uh, painted digitally. Everything, uh, every single character is it's not just a photography. It's a, it, every every character is painted digitally. So I think I, I spent maybe a month and a half just to do this uh, this piece. I was doing a circuit breaker, so it was like a good activity to do while stuck at home. Didier, just to just to finish off, what advice would you give to to young um, graffiti artists who are who are starting out? So the advice is, if you want to be a graffiti writer, don't think about money. Think about traveling because if you do it in Singapore, there's no way you're gonna escape 
and being like a prolific graffiti writer here because you're going to get caught, you're going to have problems, you're going to, it's not going to be easy. But some people did it actually. There is people here, like in the, when I came here in 2007, there were people painting the street, painting on the, on the train lines. They were like, and it was cool. And I think it's, I think, I think it's good, you know, it just doesn't really fit the city because the, 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 the city here is, is so clean and, uh, and, 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 I, and I really also think that this, this city, uh, in comparison to, to many other countries, many other cities, I think they, they, they really invest a lot in, into the people. They, I mean, you, we, it's, it's hard to say the opposite when you see everything like, like running smoothly and uh, like people working hard. And, and so it's, it's nothing that you can compare to like a, like a, like a third world city in Belgium, for instance, you know? That's fantastic, Didier. Well, it's been um, really inspiring. So thank you so much. You're welcome.